Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week throughout the course of the football season by Brett Colson. Of course, Brett Colson is the man behind the lines.com, playpicks.com, and of course, all of the other podcasts and everything that we do here at the Lions and Playpicks. And we've actually gone ahead, Brett, and we have put down the $1,000 over at Circa in Las Vegas, and we are in the Circa Million Pro Football Contest, and we're going to talk through our five picks on this podcast every week and just kind of give some rationale for what we're thinking, how we're going. And of course, if you're not familiar with the Circa Million, $1,000 to enter, five picks against the spread every week. It is $1 million to first. There are four additional $50,000 quarterly prizes that will be awarded as well. As of Thursday at 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon, there were 1,643 entries, which means there will actually be $85,750 added to the quarterly prize pools there, Brett. So they made their nut. They It was a guaranteed prize pool. They would have had to come up with the money if they did not get 1,500 entries. And here we are looking like they'll probably, I imagine, get another 100 or two uh, before this thing is all said and done. So well done for Circa. Well done for Derek Stevens. Well done for this contest in general. Yeah, seriously. I, I did not think they would get there. And, and now with every sign up, that quarterly prize that we were so fond of when they announced it, it's increasing with every, you know, every entry. So it gives people incentive to keep trying throughout the whole season. If they even if they start slow, you start owing for, you know, one in nineteen, you're still in it for, for some of the quarterly prizes through the, the rest of the season. So I'm excited. Um, get, we're going to have the lines entry in there, so definitely keep an eye out for, for our picks and where we are on the leaderboard. Quarterly prizes will go to the winners of weeks 1 to 4, 5 to 8, 9 to 12, and then 13 to 17. You really only have to go on a four-week hot streak, and you can yeah. bring home you know what, what will be more than $50,000 now. Uh, there will be significantly more in each one of those quarterly prizes. So pretty awesome little deal. And again, congrats on them for, for getting there this year because, I mean, listen – Getting people to come and, and plunk down $1,000 to enter a handicapping contest is not the easiest thing in the world, especially right out of the gate, and they were able to do it. Now, one of the things I do want to tell people here, Brett, is, is we're going to pick these, but the lines that we're given are set on Thursday, and so the lines that we have to bet because the contest provides the lines could be completely different from where these lines end up uh, by the time kickoff comes on Saturday. Of course, we are having to make these picks as well without having a full uh, arsenal of information. Now, that changes a little bit here for week one where you know we have had all season to gather information, but of course, starting in week two, we're going to have really quick turnarounds on these things, and we're going to have to be making picks kind of based off of things that we expect to happen because, again, we're not getting full injury reports until 90 minutes before kickoff, and our picks will have to be long submitted before then. So while some of these lines might seem quote-unquote stale to you, and while some of these lines might shift dramatically about whether a player plays or not, we're not going to have that luxury, so we're going to just have to kind of speculate a little bit throughout the course of this contest. Right, and we don't actually have to submit our picks until Saturday. Is that right? Right. Is it Friday night? Yes. Yeah, so there is a chance. I mean, we're going to wait to the last minute possible to submit our picks. So there is a chance, depending on what happens with injury news on Fridays, that we will change our card. Obviously, we'll, we'll let you guys know if that does happen. But for the most part, 
the decisions we make here in real time on the podcast every week will be on our five-team card. Brett and I will submit five picks each week. If any of one one time, uh, one of our picks, we are going to kind of call our makes the card pick. And no matter what, that is the pick that is going to make the card for each of us. And then if any of the picks that we submit match that pick will automatically make the card as well and then from there if we still don't have five picks that make the card we will talk through the rest of our selections and go ahead and make a pick from there we are rational human beings we feel like we can get through this we feel like we can make a case for some of our other picks and or be open-minded enough to listen to the other person and have their pick maybe make the card as well so it should be a fun season should be fun as we move on here and let's start out with your makes the card pick and that is Colts plus six on the road at the Chargers yeah anybody who listened to the podcast last week when we talked about Andrew Luck and, and the ramifications of his injury or his retirement announcement knows that I'm buying low on the Colts I've got division title bets on them I've got win total bets and of course I'm in on week one as well because I think they are undervalued here against the Chargers as six point road favorites L.A., probably the worst home field advantage in the NFL. They're, and I, I think they're in for some serious negative regression this year. The offensive line is still am among the worst in the league. Phillip Rivers, a year older. They've got no Melvin Gordon. And most importantly, no, no Derwin James in this game. He's out with an injury. A guy who could take over this game with, with a backup quarterback on the other side. Uh, the Chargers have some serious personnel issues in the secondary. I think Brissett's going to be just fine behind an elite offensive line uh, some interesting line movement on this game too since the Andrew Luck announcement more than two-thirds of the tickets have come in on LA but the lines moving the other way uh, we're actually getting the worst number that I've seen at six here at Circa but I, I really don't care I think we've got a contrarian play I don't see a lot of people putting the Colts on their card uh, I, I love Indy in this spot and uh, I'm excited to have them on the card yeah I actually I mean this was a serious consideration for me and really the only reason I didn't it didn't make the card was like you said was because of the number at six where you know I've seen this obviously as high as seven certainly six and a half out there why they decided to settle on six I'm not really sure but um, you know as you mentioned all those points incredibly valid here and if you if you you talk about the worst home field advantage it's not even a home field advantage right I mean it yeah, basically, no, no. It, it's basically no advantage whatsoever it's almost a neutral site game for for something like this so uh, definitely in really the only reason didn't make my card here was uh, as you mentioned just the the number itself but still happy to have it on the card certainly um, like the the Colts here in this spot uh, again I think that if you kind of look at how this is going to if you kind of look at how this is is going to play out I think Colts here first few weeks of the season might be teams you're really going to be a team you're really going to be looking to get get on here as people continue to buy into the fact that Andrew Luck uh, deciding to retire was just the worst thing in the whole wide world for this team when this team was actually really and truly was built to win and uh, Jacoby Brissett certainly I think can can be adequate enough to make sure that this team is not getting blown out of the water uh, week in and week out. My pick to definitely make the card here, Brett, is going to be Lions minus two and a half on the road against the Cardinals. My rationale for this is if you are, I think this is the best time that we're going to be able to get on 
betting against this Cardinals team for how incredibly terrible this defense is and how, uh, you know, there is still going to be growing pains for one Kyler Murray. You and I are both believers in Kyler Murray. You and I believe in his talent. Certainly from a fantasy perspective, we're all over Kyler Murray as well. But I think people will finally be able to see people who aren't really into preseason, people who aren't really don't really follow it as closely as we do are going to finally be able to see with their own eyes just how terrible this Cardinals defense is. It is a sieve. Uh, you have uh, Patrick Peterson, who is the only really impact player on that defense, who is going to be suspended uh, for the first several weeks of the season. So they are without him on this defense as well. And I'm just trying to buy into this first week here of under a field goal for a veteran quarterback in Matt Stafford going and being able to navigate a win. And again, just a, just two and a half is the number here in this one, a, a field goal, at least win over what I consider to be a bottom three defense in the league, if not maybe the absolute worst defense in the league. My man, th- this one actually landed right outside my top five and, and- We're on the square side, but that's okay because, like you said, this Cardinals offensive line is a disaster, and Kyler Murray's never been in a situation where he's running for his life. We've never seen that from him before. So I think this is going to be a – I would not be surprised if the Lions just run away with this thing on the road. I I, I really like this side. So we did have two picks that actually synced up here, which is really nice. So that means we will have four of our five picks that automatically make the card this week. And we'll start out with the Bucks, which is a pick em at um, at home versus uh, uh, the 49ers. Um, so for me, I'm looking here and Brett, I think this is something you and I have talked about on some of the previous kind of preview podcasts that we've done is just the fact that you know, this Bucks offense is going to be pretty dynamic. There's playmakers all over the field. Jameis Winston has Mike Evans to throw to. He has Chris Godwin to throw to. He has O.J. Howard to throw to. Um, and there's they're going to be a pretty bad defense, so they're going to have to continue to score here. And that's like really the only thing here that is gave me a little bit of pause. But at the end of the day, I think this 49ers defense is is very much lacking, especially in the secondary where this Bucks team, obviously, as we just mentioned, is going to be so incredibly potent with these with these wide receiver duo that they have. Um, it's with the 49ers having to travel here for the first game of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played a meaningful game in a very long time. If you remember, he got injured, uh, fellas, at the beginning of last season. So, I mean, yeah, he's been in the preseason here, but he hadn't played a snap that mattered in a very, very long time here. If you're going to tell me that it's a it's a pick em with two teams that I think that are going to have pretty bad defenses and I have to lay uh, my pick on which offense I think is better, I think it's unquestionably going to be the Bucks offense to me yeah I think this line's off by a couple points it, it, the one thing that does terrify me here is the matchup between the Bucks offensive line and the 49ers defensive line but we have to trust that Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich are going to be able to scheme protection for Jameis because if he has a clean pocket Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and OJ Howard are going to just shred this defense there's nobody in the secondary who can defend those wideouts and and Howard is a matchup nightmare for Quan Alexander and those linebackers over the middle so I expect a lot of points in this one I think the Bucks end up scoring 30 plus and that that's going to be enough to get the job done yeah it is I just look at this situation where if if I'm just picking offenses here which is basically what I'm doing I think both of these defenses are, are pretty bad then 
I'm going to take that Bucks offense pretty much nine times out of ten. So uh, definitely glad that we matched up on that one. The last one that we matched up on, so again, the fourth pick of our five here is going to be the Ravens minus six and a half on the road against the Dolphins. And this is one that you were kind of reluctantly going to um, kind of put on the card here. But I did the same, Brad. I mean, at the end of the day, I think whenever we take a look at how this game really and truly breaks down, you have a Dolphins team who is punting on the season. And look, I think that's fine. I think that's rightfully so. I think that that is, is, is smart for them to do that. And so... I think that what we're what we're going to look at right here is a, a Ravens team that has to win by a touchdown on the road at probably the absolute worst team in all of the NFL. I think that this is a, a improved team under year two with Lamar Jackson under the helm. I think that the running game is just as potent, if not better, bringing in Mark Ingram here. And I think that you, what we're going to see is probably the only thing I'm little scared about here is not them covering for the majority of the game. It's just a backdoor cover from the Dolphins here. I think the Ravens get up 17, 20, 21 points, something like that in this game. I I think the only thing would be them taking their foot off the gas, obviously not trying to get Lamar Jackson hurt in this game. And, um, you know, maybe us getting getting caught with a backdoor cover from this Dolphins team. Yeah, I. I, I did feel kind of gross taking this Ravens team, a, a, a team that does not light up the scoreboard. They're, they're, you know, most of their work offensively is done on the ground, and they're laying nearly touchdown on the road. But I think they can score with their defense in this game, whether it's by you know a pick six or just a, a turnover that puts them in good field position and allows them to, to score points that way. This uh, this Miami offensive line is so bad. There's going to be penetration all game, and with Ryan Fitzpatrick in negative game script. I mean, this could be a blowout. So, I mean, I, I could see him throwing three, four picks in this game against a very stout defense. Uh, I, I worry this is going to be a popular one in the contest. I think people are going to be fading the Dolphins, but I just – I don't really care. I think this this is a pretty damn good spot for the Ravens against the team. Like you said, this just might be tanking. Yeah, and, and again, like I said, I, I don't blame them. I mean, they're still in a division with – with Patriots and, and and Tom Brady. So if they're stockpiling draft picks and trying to kind of build for three years from now when they hope Tom Brady is retired, I mean, listen, it's better than just sitting there and winning, you know, five games every year and just getting the, the crap beat out of you every single uh, every single year by that by that division. So, you know, it, it, at least it's a strategy, right, to stockpile and try to build. I mean, like, so I, I guess I can at least give the organization a little bit of credit. Yeah, I like what they're doing, but right now, at this point in time, this roster top to bottom is probably the worst in the NFL. So, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable with the Ravens here in week one. So one interesting thing here, um, we're looking at the picks that we were submitting here. We had an opposite side here. Um, pretty interesting. So I just wanted to talk through this one. This one probably obviously is not going to make the card since we're on opposite sides. Um, you liked Panthers plus one and a half. I like Rams minus one and a half here. And I'll let you start with what you liked about the Panthers at home as one and a half point dogs. Yeah, I actually love this one. I liked it more when it was three, when we could get Panthers plus three at one point. Um, but I think this movement sends a lot of people off Carolina in the circuit contest, and that makes up for the point and a half we lost on the opener. Uh, but I like Carolina money in this game, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with the one and a half. 
I think the Panthers have a sneaky good roster this year. They made improvements on the offensive line. They signed Matt Paredes at center. He was the big offseason get. Uh, in the you know in the market, and then they added Gerald McCoy to an already pretty stout defensive line. So I'm I'm excited to see what they can do, especially with the, the rookie Brian Burns coming in, uh, to see if he can make an impact in the pass rush because we've seen what happens when you get pressure on Jared Goff. That dude melts, and he's got two rookie offensive linemen protecting him in this game against this Panthers front. I think he could be in for a pretty long day. And then on the other side of the ball, the Rams is pretty vulnerable up the middle of the field. They have nobody who can contain Christian McCaffrey in the passing game. Uh, and I like the matchup with, with D, uh, DJ Moore against Marcus Peters, too. I think all signs point to Carolina here for me. Even though we're not getting the best number, I, I don't see this being a, a popular one in the contest. Um, Interested, interested to see or to hear your thoughts on the Rams, though. Yeah, so I actually think the Rams are kind of being a little disrespected in this spot, and this is not – I'm huge on the Panthers this year. I have Panthers over. I have Panthers futures on winning that division. I, I actually really like the Panthers a lot. But really the thing that sticks out to me is the fact that Cam Newton has a foot injury the thing that makes Cam Newton Cam Newton is his ability to move, his ability to avoid uh, to to avoid trouble, get outside of the pocket, be able to get stuff done with his legs. This team is a much much better team when Cam Newton is rushing for forty plus yards in a game than when he's not. And I feel as if we are in a situation here where they're telling us one thing, but the situation is another. I mean, this was not very long ago that he had this 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 uh, foot injury for this Panthers team. I can't imagine they are going to risk this early in the season having Cam Newton out there trying to do Cam Newton things. I could be wrong here, but again, week one becomes a lot of speculation. Like we're saying, uh, there's... We haven't seen these teams on the field yet. We uh, figure how we think these game scripts are going to go. We're listening to beat writers. We're listening to coaches. But at the end of the day, we don't really know. I mean, uh, actually, though, we did see on Thursday night, we did see the beat writers, uh, everything that they were saying did play out as they were saying that Mitchell Trubisky looked like he was not progressing. It looked like, if anything, maybe he was regressing. And if you follow that, Hopefully that led you to the Packers plus the points in that game. I know you and I were both on that side of the game. We could have picked that game. So just uh, a, another thing about the rules for the contest here, if you're listening and you're not familiar, you can pick the Thursday games. But what happens is, is if you want the Thursday game, you have to submit your full card at that time. And again, in the NFL today, information is just so incredibly valuable and we live in an information age right now where we're getting more information than ever so brett you can correct me if i'm wrong but i really can't see us ever getting a thursday game on our card no it's not gonna happen and it's frustrating last night because that one would have been on our card for sure i'm all in on the packers i'm all in on the packers this year so i mean that yeah that would have been on our card but you know we'll yeah, we, we, you just you can't you can't submit Thursday. You just can't do it. There's too much that happens on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and like you said, we even get on Saturday until 11 a.m. Yeah. Pacific. And so even late night information that comes through on a Friday or early morning Saturday, we, you know, stuff that we can take into account as well. So pretty interesting. Uh, 
pretty interesting how that works and, and unfortunate that that's the only way to get Thursday game on your card. But again, it changes the strategy. So I totally get it. You know, you if you're able to pick the game on Thursday, you can kind of alter your strategy, whether you get the Thursday game right or wrong. If uh, if you didn't have to submit all your picks at the same time. But getting back to this, I mean, listen, at the, at the end of the day here, I think what we're what we're looking at is we still have a full on Rams offense that made it to the Super Bowl last year. You have every piece of that. You have Cooper Cup coming back fully healthy here. Todd Gurley, I think the Todd Gurley situation has been blown out of proportion here. I mean, the fact that he's going to get fewer carries than he did last year is not really that big of a deal because he needs fewer carries. They were running him into the ground and his body wore down towards the end of the season. So uh, I think that people are making a big deal about him getting reduced carries when his reduced carries basically just puts him at the workload still of a bell cow back here. And we know how talented he is there. I mean, you still have Aaron Donald up front. You still have some, some troublemakers there on the defensive side of the ball for the Rams. Uh, for me, I feel like this, and especially with this number shrinking down to one and a half, which is what was uh, so attractive to me on this Rams side is uh, would have been would have been a, a, a play that I would have liked to have made. So pretty interesting that we're on the opposite sides here. I see I definitely understand what you're saying uh, about this Panthers team. Like I said, I've kind of bought in on them as far as moving forward and, and season long breaths and bets and everything like that. I just have a little bit of question about the health of Cam Newton, how effective he's going to be here in week one, whether he can be his true self. And I do feel that the Rams are getting a little a little looked looked over here when basically they're returning the entire Super Bowl team from last year. Yeah, look, the Cam thing is certainly a concern. Look how bad he was late last year playing through injury. They were better off with Heineke and, and that Allen kid. I mean, he, it, he, you don't want him playing through injury. I mean, he, that, that that's not going to end well. So if he is actually hurt, uh, I, I certainly don't want anything to do with the Panthers here. So uh, from that side of it, I'm okay with this not being on the card. So the two other picks that we have here, and these will be ones we'll talk through and eventually decide on. Uh, you went Titans plus five and a half. That is, of course, on the road at the Browns. I have the Giants plus seven on the road at the Cowboys here. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start, and then you can kind of come in with your thoughts here on your pick. I'm going, if you're ever going to buy in on this Giants team, it's got to be in the first three or four weeks of the season. Uh, if you believe that Eli Manning has a case of the olds, which I think we all do, the time to buy in on this team would be early in the season before, you know, his arm strength were to go down anymore before, you know, any sort of injuries were to take place anything like that. Um, you know, I don't, I'm certainly not a trends guy at all. And if you listen to these podcasts moving forward, I actually kind of poo poo on most trends here, but you know, one of the things we do have is a very long, a very long track record of this giants team under Eli Manning playing this Cowboys team, very tough. And, um, I don't know. They just seem to get up for this game every year getting a full touchdown here also was very appealing I do understand there's a pretty big push potential for this one with it being uh, a number that I could definitely see the Cowboys winning by a uh, right on the number at a touchdown here so I I do understand that we might be putting ourselves at risk of a push in this thing but uh, if I'm going to buy this Giants team make a contrarian play uh, with the news of Zeke coming back I think is going to inflate people's thought of this Cowboys team when 
he probably only plays 25, 30 snaps in this game. And really and truly, the number was was where it was, whether Zeke was was going to play or not, because that's just what kind of the market valued this Cowboys team against this Giants team here. So for me, um, a little bit of contrarian play, a little bit of a if I'm going to buy in on one of these contrarian teams with the Giants, I certainly want to do it very early in the season here and certainly before they make the move to to Daniel Jones when they're going to start getting all kinds of attention uh, their way and probably these numbers will be uh, in favor of us to bet against them because people are going to say, oh, well, they finally made the move. So that's, you know, that's awesome. And then I think the, the, the lines will actually be inflated the other way. But uh, that was my thinking here in this one uh, with taking the Giants plus seven on the road at the Cowboys. Yeah, I thought this line was completely fair. I do have the Giants, but mostly just from the game theory side of it that you talked about. I think this is a pretty good leverage spot. I think the Cowboys will probably be pretty popular uh, if the line does end up moving. It was definitely interesting to see that it didn't move after Zeke signed. So the, the running backs don't matter. That community definitely pounding their chests after that one. But I, I still think even with Zeke, this line looks it, – it, I mean I feel like it should be seven. I mean, do you think it, do you think this is off at all? Um, I no, I, I I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty close. I mean, I think Giants. Uh, I think the Giants team here. I mean, just from a talent aspect, isn't completely washed, right? I mean, like I don't think that this Giants team is just completely and utterly terrible, uh, top to bottom. I mean, they certainly still have Saquon Barkley. They certainly still have Evan Ingram, and they have Sterling Shepard. I mean, there there are guys that can move the ball on offense. I don't think it's one of these situations where they're going to be just completely shut out or anything like that. And then on the other side of the ball with the Cowboys, I mean, listen, I know that he's been working out with Marshall Falk on the beach and and Cabo and, and things like that. But, I mean, you know, Zeke has not stepped on the field and he's not even been in in practice with these guys to get hit or hit someone or or anything like that and you know so for me I I think there might even be a little bit of an adjustment period for Zeke coming back here for the Cowboys even with even though he has been there you know it's just just completely different situation stepping on a real football field and, and and getting hit and getting and hitting someone else and and maybe there's some different plays this year that they've added to the to the playbook and actually being able to run through those with your quarterback and with the people that are going to be on the field i think you can't just discredit what being in camp actually can can mean for a player here so again that was my thought on this one this was the last one that made my five so um not uh i'm not married to it one way or the other yeah, the big thing for the Giants uh, for me is is the offensive line. This is probably the best it has looked in years. They added Zeitler in that trade for OBJ, so you know that's that's probably the biggest thing for me. I think you know this is a game where Saquon could eat, even though he's facing off against these you know, elite Dallas linebackers. So I, I think the Giants could keep this one close. All right, let's hear your uh, Titans plus five and a half here. So I'm fading the, the the public on this one. The Browns hype is definitely baked into this line. Yes, this Cleveland team looks outstanding on paper, but we haven't seen it yet. And now reports that Odell Beckham is already dealing with a hip issue that's limiting his flexibility and, and, and you know ability to, to make cuts. I'm pretty high on this Titans defense. We're actually getting a better number here at Circa than you know we could get at the Westgate contest. I like the points here with a, I guess you could call them an above average team against, uh, you know, a Browns team that has a lot 
of potential, but until we see it, I'm not, I'm not ready to buy in yet. I know you feel differently. I know you love this Browns team this year, but I'm just not ready yet. Uh, I do love the Browns team. I actually, the other, the other thing is I just hate this Titans team um, more than <laughs> I even love the Browns team here. Uh, interesting for you to, that, that you say it's an above average team. I actually think this Titans I actually feel like this team has the biggest potential for things to just completely go off the rails uh, this year. That quarterback situation is maybe the worst in the entire NFL because if you have two quarterbacks, then you have no quarterbacks. And when you have Marcus Mariota looking over his shoulder at Ryan Tannehill, and then the other option, by the way, that you're going to go to is Ryan Tannehill. Really? That's the, so that's the other option for this team. And so um, for me, just from an offensive perspective, I just don't know how they're going to put points on the board I mean yeah Derrick Henry is is certainly talented but they don't want to they don't they don't want to give him the the bulk of the workload I mean again this could change this year but if we look at last season despite the fact that all you had to do was watch a few different games and see that he was by far the most talented guy on the field and they still want to continue to force feed Deion Lewis carries and, and give him touches when really it was just ineffective and more times than not and Derrick Henry was actually the one who was getting stuff done here um I don't. I do understand you have Corey Davis. I understand you've got a playmaker there, but again, you have to get somebody the ball. I mean, you have to be able to get him the ball. And so, more than anything, while I do think the Titans' defense has something going for it, I just don't know how the Titans are going to put points on the board this season. I am very, very down on this offense. I've been down on Marcus Mariota basically since he came into the league here. Oh yeah, and, he's terrible. And I, you know, a brown and, a, and a, against a Browns defense that 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 certainly is improved as well. You know, I mean, they added some pieces as well to this Browns defense. So I don't know. I guess my thought here with that game is not so much that I'm in love with the Browns minus five and a half as I am just how in the hell are the Titans going to score? Yeah, no, I get it. And that, the offense is definitely an issue. This is more of me just buying into uh, a defense that is certainly uh, on the rise. And I don't love of what I'm seeing here out of this uh, Browns offensive line. And then you got the Beckham injury as well. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm more interested in, in, I guess, having a team on the car that nobody else is going to have and kind of being a little contrarian uh, with, with my pick here. Yeah. And so, look, I said that the Giants plus seven was, was the last thing to make my card. Um, and, and so I'm not obviously not incredibly married to that pick in the least bit here. Um, news coming through, you know, with this Antonio Brown thing made the Broncos interesting to me. I will admit uh, that was nearly the fifth pick. If there was a if there was a five B or you know or a sixth pick, it would have been. And I understand we're not getting the the best of the number here with with Broncos minus two and a half, but still, it is under a field goal. It's under a key number, and. You know, you and I both think this Raiders team is just going to be a complete dumpster fire. And then now this whole Antonio Brown situation pretty much is playing out like we thought that this team is going to be a complete dumpster fire here. So um, that one nearly that one nearly made my card. And I would have I would have been had that been on your card. I would have gladly have given in and said, OK, Broncos minus two and a half. I'm, I'm completely fine with that. It's you know the the Broncos Raiders is so interesting because the Westgate had that as a pick and that made my card over there, but I kind of like it here as well because I don't think people are going to be fall in love with the the number as much. So I think we'll get the Broncos at lower ownership in this contest, and I still like them too. 
Yeah, I so, mean, just just it, it, when you look at this, it's kind of like, yeah, people might look at this and say, ah, oh, okay, well, it, it's a we pick. didn't get it, yeah, it's yeah, a pick we, across we the street. The yeah. So <laughs> let's talk. Let's, all right. So so those being our three options: Titans plus five and a half, Giants plus seven, and then Broncos minus two and a half. Um, if I had to, if I had to, I would go Broncos two and a half here. But if you are, if you're still feeling the Titans five and a half, I will in in this instance, I will acquiesce to 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 that pick. No, let's go Broncos. I'm, I'm more comfortable with that one. Okay, all right. So there is our card then, and a card that I feel actually pretty happy with, and I like a lot. We're going with Colts plus six. That is Brett's make the card pick for sure. Mine is the Lions minus two and a half, which is the make the card pick here. We're going to go with this Raiders team being a complete dumpster fire, as you heard us kind of talk (laughs) through here and just bet against this team, despite the fact that, you know, uh, the contest across the street, we could have gotten uh, a much better number, but still under a field goal here uh, with this Broncos team minus two and a half. And then we agreed on two picks, which was really awesome. Uh, Ravens minus six and a half, and then the Bucks a pick them here. Certainly this Ravens team going on the road to this Dolphins team that already fire sailed their pretty much their entire roster, looking to build for two to three years from now. I, I certainly think that this Ravens team is going to get out to a big lead. Again, as we mentioned, the only concern for me is maybe a backdoor cover here. But, Brad, I'm, I'm really – I really think that, you know, kind of like you explained – it would not surprise me if this Ravens team, and I might actually look for that uh, line here in just a little bit. I might take an alternative line here. It wouldn't surprise me if this Ravens team won by 17. Oh, me either. This could absolutely be a blowout because I always said Ryan Fitzpatrick in negative game flow uh, is, is capable of throwing four or five picks. He's also capable of winning this game outright, as he did last year against your Saints in week one as a huge underdog. I just don't see it in Miami. Uh, I'm 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 pretty comfortable with the Ravens yeah, here. Yeah, it, at least last year he had some talent around him, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. There's just no talent around him uh, there. So uh, feeling good about our week one picks here. Again, we will uh, we will update each week our picks from the previous week. Maybe talk through where we went wrong. Of course, any last minute changes we will also talk about as well. Should there be some crazy news that comes through by the time we record this and when we actually put our picks in, but. Um, Nine times out of ten, these are going to be the picks we put in each and every week. And, of course, we don't even have to tell you how we're doing because the standings will be on a web, on the website there for the Circa. So you could even look yourself to make sure that we're not doctoring things and fudging things here. And um, it's going to be fun, Brad. I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, you know, listen, I don't I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to say hopefully we can bink the million dollars. Of course, hopefully we can bink the million dollars. But uh, really, really going after one of these quarterly prizes is uh, something. And I think certainly once the season gets going, you and I are pretty good at deciphering information and kind of figuring things out or whatever. I think that that the second quarter and the third quarter quarterly prizes are, are kind of calling our name, man. I'm feeling I'm feeling one of those one of those quarterly prizes. Oh, I'm going after the Millie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's that's one thing that we'll be talking about throughout the year is kind of the game theory side of it. This is such a top heavy payout that we might I might do a few weird things just to go against uh, the public uh, just to, to kind of get some leverage. On what everybody else is doing, but um, for the most part, we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be talking about what our what our plays would actually be. Again, 
Uh, head to the lines.com for all of your sports book news and sports industry news of things that are going on, weird things, awesome things, fun things. We keep track of all of that. If you're looking for some plays, of course, head to playpicks.com. And if you're listening to this on the YouTube channel, well, thank you for coming back this NFL season. Appreciate you listening on YouTube. And if you are uh, listening to this on your favorite podcast app, well, we appreciate you being a subscriber and following us there. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.